Hey folks, Sean here, and today what I want to talk to you about are the troubles at Salesforce. Now in a recent TechCrunch article that I've read, it's talked about the details of Salesforce not giving future revenue projections at year end, which is highly unlikely for them. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is in this case because it's something they typically always do. And in the article, it talks about what they provided as justification for not doing that, which are economic indicators, not just for their company, but for their customers as well too. And that's certainly understandable. I can understand how that could play a role in it. Other people are talking about the turnover at the executive level, which has been more significant in recent years. Even the companies they've acquired like Tableau, they're seeing turnover there as well too, and at the highest level. So that is one uh, element for sure. But if you look closer towards the sentiment that you might find as people are talking about what this article is getting at and the troubles at Salesforce from you know, arguably the world's most successful SaaS company. People are talking about whether or not it's an indicator of what's to come in the world that is SaaS. And I know that's been slowing down. So that's definitely a factor and a concern. And I think that's likely a contributing factor as well too. But what I'm trying to really get at is what could potentially be happening, but specifically at Salesforce that's contributing to their troubles. And I think there's a much kind of deeper story here as well too, as we dive deeper into what Salesforce has done or not done well in recent years, but specifically around their product and how they treat their relationships with customers, even pricing. So I wanna get into that in a little bit more detail as well too. Now you have to look a little bit more closely to understand what people really think. And for me, I know Salesforce provides a lot of people with a lot of value, but I've always had trouble with it for various reasons. And there's a Reddit thread that links to this TechCrunch article that I'm referencing, and in it, the comments, I think, are really interesting. They talk a lot about some of the other complaints that I've seen time and time over again about Salesforce. And I'll link to that in the notes as well, too. But in it, they're complaining quite a bit about a number of things that are pretty popular to complain about when it comes to Salesforce. But this is more consistent than I've seen it in recent years. And it's largely due to Salesforce's exorbitant pricing, the relatively inflexible contracts, which seemingly lock you in for long periods of time, and the overall product experience and just the capabilities of the product and how it can be so cumbersome and hard to use. So I think because of a lot of these contributing factors, there's been, in addition to that, there's been a number of other products that have come onto the market, like HubSpot, for example, which have seemingly offered a lot of people a lot more value for a lot less money with a much more flexible contract terms if you do want to move up from their free tier. I think that is a much larger potential contributing factor to the troubles at Salesforce at the moment. And it's kind of what they're glossing over and not really talking about is their, their way of doing business for them was essentially prohibitive for a lot of people. And as people got locked into these contracts and didn't want to have to deal with that any longer, they started looking for other options when they could. And once they did, they found better options and a need to not go back to Salesforce, but to continue with the option that they had found. So there's a lot more going on here than essentially what's being reported. I think those are some of the major contributing factors to what's going on at Salesforce. So let's talk about those in a little bit more detail in terms of how a company like them might wind up there. So you can ultimately make sure that your product company doesn't fall into a similar trap. So I think one of the traps that Salesforce found themselves falling into is this, I call it the shipping cycle, where you're just always pushing features, as in you don't necessarily know what to build or why to build it. So instead you kind of just build. 
And I see a lot of product companies fall into that trap. If you haven't properly validated what it is you are planning on building, as in you don't know what type of value it's going to be offering your users or customers, then you're highly likely to miss the mark. And I think that's what's continued to happen at Salesforce. They have grown so wide and deep in many areas, making the product cumbersome and really difficult to use. So that's one of the number one challenges at Salesforce is it's a very high touch product, which requires a very complicated operation to get people up and off the ground and using it. As such, it's difficult to get value from relatively quickly. So other you know, entrants in the market from a Porter's Five Forces kind of competition model perspective have understood that as an opportunity seeing the complaints growing in strength and in numbers in terms of these problems with Salesforce, and they look to capitalize on it. And I think that's really where HubSpot's probably the best example in terms of where they have capitalized on this opportunity to compete more aggressively with an organization like Salesforce, where they've created a product that is more product-led instead of sales-led, meaning that you can get into using it much more quickly. They've obviously got a free tier. I've used it extensively myself and gotten a lot of value out of it. And you also have a lot more fully featured and advanced products that you can take advantage of as well if you want to go that route. But not before they kind of get you into their ecosystem and before they've provided you likely with a lot of value, ideally also potentially even for free, which is a dramatically different experience than the one that Salesforce provides. Now, I understand the products are still different and use cases be what they are, but in this case, that taking that approach, I think, has continued to contribute to things being more difficult for Salesforce. Add to that the rigidness and the inflexibility of their contracts and locking people into the product. That, While that might sound great from a revenue and a retention perspective, if your customers stop using your product, that's a huge risk. And that's likely another area where Salesforce kind of has fallen asleep at the wheel. As in, you need to be paying attention not just to are you closing people and getting them into your top line revenue or into your product, but are they continually using their product and are they getting value out of your product? If those things aren't happening, which I've seen that start to fall off quite aggressively in recent years, that's another huge flag. So these are things that you should avoid at your own product organization. You need to make sure that you're building validated products and features with customer discovery and research as well as you need to make sure that your product provides a good experience and that once people purchase your product, they are actually using it and, and using it actively.